Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this week's episode, Josh and I share more about the long-term facility plan for Gresham Bible Church. We've shared about this at the recent member meeting and then at, towards the end of the church service on October 24th. We hope this episode helps uh, you hear more about the elders' vision for why Gresham Bible Church church needs a long-term facility. We talk about the why, the what, and the how in this exciting new opportunity as a church to trust in God in this new season and to see how he might provide for us. So let's be praying, and I hope you find this episode helpful. Josh, we have some important and exciting news we're going to talk about on the podcast today that's been shared at the members meeting recently and at church. But before we dig in on that, I just wanted to been thinking about asking you, what's your favorite sports memory? We're getting to know each other. We're both oh, big sports fans. Let's just kind of have that conversation first. My favorite, favorite sports, sports memory. memory. Great question. This will be really boring for people, but... Uh, the one that stands out the most was back in, I think, 2000, and uh, I guess it can't be my favorite memory if it came in the year, but the Giants were in the playoffs, and they hit a uh, guy named Travis Ishikawa hit a walk-off home run, and uh, just so unexpected, and uh, the place just went uh, like electric, and I think the reason why I love the moment so much is he was this guy who wasn't that great of a hitter and had the year before retired Mm -hmm. and then came out of retirement and just kept slogging in the minors and uh, seemed like a really great guy, I believe actually a Christian. But it was like this moment where our manager put him in to hit, you know, as a pinch hitter and no one in the world, even myself, thought he'd do anything. And he like won it all for him. And so there's this moment where he's running around the bases and he looks so shocked. Yeah. what he did and so and there's like you can pan up and see even like the management crying and it was just kind of a cool moment so i love any any moment basically in sports where the person who's not supposed to succeed succeeds oh yeah or the underdog winning i'm just a sucker for that anytime man yeah what about you is it probably related to sean kemp or something oh or? yes that actually <laughs> is one so i'll give you my segue why this came to oh. my mind in a minute i'm excited to see where your brain but going yeah here. so favorite sports memory i was trying to remember in person or not in person and there's a difference but to your sean kemp point uh my one of my brothers and i and a good friend camped out in high school all night long to get in line to get tickets when the sonics came to spokane for a preseason game pre-season pre-season that's how camped weird we all were. night camped all night wow but we for got games that front, exactly <laughs> for a game that has zero value wow mike you're pitiful <laughs> but we got to sit front row seat watch sean kemp no rain man gp all that but probably my oh, favorite that's cool memory uh there's multitude of them but one of them is shows how sad my early sports experience was was the first time at a live baseball game walking into the palace known as the kingdom and yes. coming out of the tunnel Ugh. and seeing the field the yeah. sound at batting practice even though the kingdom pieces of the roof fell down it's no longer yeah. in existence for me i was nine years old i'll never forget that moment it was just beautiful and that was amazing i used yeah. to we used to go over to games of the kingdom you from did. helena montana yeah yeah, Wasn't and we cool? lucked yeah. out because we would go like once a year, maybe. 
And I was there for some epic games, like the game where Griffey jumped in the wall and broke his wrist. You were there for that? I was at that game randomly. Whoa. The game that Randy Johnson got traded in. I, I was like, I had a view of the him in the tunnel, and they came and told him, and then he left. Oh, and, my uh, goodness. Wow. Yeah, it was just, yeah. I, I loved those games of the kingdom, man. Yeah. Jay yeah. Buhner, oh. Hector. Yes, I love anyway. special sports moments, and just real quick, when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, I'll never forget that. The joy, the exuberance. Can we uh, edit this part out, Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> can we edit this part out, Jordan? And then, you, uh, do, you have the power to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we can talk about this a lot, but favorite sports <laughs> sports moments is good to remember. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So why that came to mind, we're going to talk about what's next for Gresham Bible Church in a facility. And I was just thinking about there's so a you're thinking kingdom. I am. GBC's getting a kingdom. Theology of place. No, no I was Ooh. thinking about like actual being somewhere helps the memory be more like mm. impactful. So mm. anyway, uh, but what we're going to talk true. about today is a plan, um, Lord willing, hold it lightly, but for Gresham Bible Church to find a more long-term place, a more long-term home. So we're going to walk through that together on the podcast. Hope this is helpful yeah. uh, for people. So Josh, why does Gresham Bible Church, what's the backdrop to this? Why do we need a plan for a long-term facility? A plan, or a why plan. do we need? A, why do we need one? Yeah, why do we even need one? Yeah, no, that's a great question because I think at some level we would never want to define need as if we have to have our own building long term. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the the hard line that we've tried to walk all these years. Because I remember when even when I came to GBC two years ago now, and kind of even that interview process and some of the questions I was fielding from people, a lot of it revolved around building. And do you think GBC should have a long-term facility or not? And mm-hmm. um, what's hard when you answer a question like that is you, I can't so close-fisted go, yes, we have to have a building. It's what we need. Because at the end of the day, sometimes what I think I need is not what God thinks mm-hmm. we need. The issue with that is the tension of uh, that can create a lot of passivity. You know, oh, if, if we're supposed to have a building, then God will just throw it in our laps. And he could totally do that. But at the same time, there's a sense of living with wisdom and diligence and trying to assess um, what God's called us to do and be as a church and furthermore, um, just what could be wise for us long term. And trying to say, and we've done that a lot as an elder team and brought other people in that conversation. And it just really seems that for a multiplicity of reasons Mm -hmm. that it's important for us to try to lead the church towards obtaining a long-term facility. And and that could be many different things. It could be obtaining an existing structure of a building. It could be renovating a building. It could be having a, a dying church give us their building. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be leasing a building. There's a lot of options there, but at the same time, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think uh, that, that question's a little bit difficult, but we need to lead towards it. But yeah. as you think about it, like what, why, what, what are some of the things that come to your mind as to why you think it's important for GBC to move in this direction? Yeah, I, man, we've been talking about that a lot as an elder team and just reflecting on just feels like, for lack of a better way to say it, in the lifespan of where we are as Gresham Bible Church, it's kind of time. Not that a, a church is not a building, it's a people. But in order to facilitate faithful ministry now, let alone if we think, on the horizon ahead of us, Lord willing, there's a second generation of Gresham Bible Church. Mm-hmm. The kind of the whole, I said it half jokingly earlier, but I'm serious about it, like theology of place mm-hmm. for Gresham Bible Church to have roots in a place. Mm. Um, 
is important for us as a church family, for advancing the mission of who we're called to be as a church in our community, it's worth leaning into this and and seeing if the Lord will bring this about. Mm -hmm. So to your point, we don't want to just be passive and, hey, I hope this happens, just like for those of us uh, who have family, right? And no matter if you're moving into an apartment or a house, you have to have a plan of where you're going to move to. And yeah. so we need to do the work to have that plan is kind of how I'm processing it. Yeah. 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 I've, we've, we've talked about it too in the sense of just, okay, the big umbrella is the category of wisdom and mm-hmm. um, wanting to be faithful to God. And I think in my mind, a few things that come to my mind are um, there's some wisdom areas of, you know, we want to be uh, rightfully cautioned or, um, concerned, you know, I mean, and, uh, whether it's having been a Dexter for 14 years and feeling a sense of stability there and our relationship with Dexter so strong. I mean, I know I miss Dexter. I know many other people do, and we still talk to this, this staff and faculty over there. Mm -hmm. I know the youth did a cleanup day there recently. Um, so we love Dexter. Uh, but I think that season also revealed to us how unstable uh, maybe being in a public school long term is, especially if any laws are changed or relationships are changed that are outside of our control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could be back in a situation where we experienced last year not knowing where we can even worship. And there's a wisdom category that says, you know, if we could have a little bit more security around having that place. I think there's some wisdom in that. Yeah. Um, and then I think another category of wisdom that we've wrestled with a lot too, is trying to look at, okay, who are we as a church and what has God called us to do? And there's just a lot of times it's a, it's even maybe a weekly tension point where there's things that we really feel called to do, but it kind of necessitates that we have access to a facility to do many things, whether it's uh, reaching out to the community in some way, whether it's um, pulling off some sort of um, sort of discipleship environment uh, for a particular thing, uh, a special service. I mean, there's just every time we do anything as a church, there is this sense of, okay, let's do a Christmas Eve service. Okay, where are we going to do it? Right. And so when you live in such a way where you're always having to assess, we feel called to do this for this reason. And then if you're always have to answering the question, okay, where can we even do it? And you feel that restriction, Mm -hmm. it kind of over time maybe limits what we're able to even do in our fulfilling of the vision that we sense God has given to not only us, but all, all churches. Yeah. So I love how you've articulated that. So a building facilitates ministry, absolutely. it's not ministry in and yeah. of itself. It's a tool to help us. Yeah. And that's what we've defined as what success is, right? Yeah. I mean, when we gave this, we gave this presentation to members and mm-hmm. then even on a prior Sunday recently, we define success in this area as a long-term facility that's in Gresham, which is a important thing to uh, communicate that there is a location here that we're not just saying we'll want to be anywhere, but yeah. in Gresham that facilitates ministry is faithful to our distinctives. We don't, you know, that we want to be able to live out these distinctives in a better way. And that is wisely stewarding the finances that God has given us, mm-hmm. which we have distinctives around not taking on uncumbersome or cumbersome debt. Yep. Um, I'm not saying that word right. Is it uncumbersome or cumbersome? Uh, sure, both. Both. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know yeah, either. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, too much debt, right? I mean, so uh, whatever, just we want to be wise, right? And so we have these like guardrails 
that are defining kind of who we who we are as a church and who we're striving to be as a church in some of these distinctives and so that statement's a really important statement for us to have a facility in gresham facilitates ministry faithful to our distinctives wisely stewarding the finances god's given us yeah and i feel like in this part of the conversation it's important and good to acknowledge uh different people when they hear of a church trying to pursue a building there could be different fears or bad experiences that come up or trepidation on oh now it means this church is all about the building now that's Mm -hmm. all i'm going to hear about etc and so um if i'm being really transparent i feel those tensions or fears Mm -hmm. what i don't want us to become I don't think we are going to become that. That's not our intent. And we're going to talk about how intentional we're going to be in this. Yeah. But to be faithful in our mission as a church, what God calls the church to be, a building would help us really be more faithful in that. So that's what gets me excited about this. We're going to talk about it more. Just God's been so good to Gresham Bible Church to provide for us in so many different ways over the years. And that doesn't mean he can't be faithful to give us a building too. That's and so, right. um, yeah. That's a really good point. Cause I think you and I both share that same fear, you know, like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like I wouldn't want to be a pastor if that meant the totality of my energy and daily life goals revolved around a building. Amen. I mean, that's to me, buildings are important so long as they facilitate what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And you and I, I mean, this is probably shouldn't even have to be said, but we're, we're people-oriented pastors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope every pastor is people-oriented, but at the same time, uh, talking about buildings and obtaining a building is not like the things that get us excited about life. And so these are like, it's like a means to the end of what we're really trying to do. Yep. And Amen. so, yeah, I think there's that concern um, whether people have been in a church where there's just tons of building campaigns, it feels like building campaign after building campaign or mm-hmm. anything where there's talks of giving, it's just, hey, give to a, you know, these sticks and cement kind of structures, you know, yeah. uh, that can feel very, you know, create a lot of fatigue, uh, discouragement, especially if for people who are godly people wanting to say, hey, we're supposed to be called to like, be reaching people and discipling people. And um, it could feel like a mixed or a wrong message oh, for sure. over time. And so I could see how there could be reservation in people when they even hear about a church wanting to move towards obtaining a, a long-term facility. Yeah, and that's not the elder's heart. That's not in GBC's DNA. This is not an insular move, a self-protective move. It's a move to advance the gospel more faithfully yeah. in our community. So yeah, let, let's talk about that. Um, would you mind sharing with us, Josh, kind of what's the dream? We're moving towards, okay, GBC, we want to work towards a facility. Yeah. What are the dreams that come along with that? Absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about this quite a few but times, but we're going to keep talking about it, even if we were to get a facility uh, to call our, our own um, place. But um, uh, we've thought about it in th- terms of three pictures. It's helpful for me to th- think in terms of pictures, mm-hmm. but so we think about a hospital, a school, and an airport. And so um, what we mean by saying we, we dream of using we, ob- obtaining a facility so we could use a facility for the place of uh, being at hospital, meaning uh, we want uh, the, our church to be a place of healing for people. And so there's two different maybe ways of thinking about people in that sense. One, people who don't know Christ, um, people who are disenchanted with the world, coming and finding hope and salvation. Um, in Christ, a place of spiritual healing then, or a place of uh, emotional and physical healing. You know, people have struggled with 
um, maybe mental illnesses or um, people who've struggled with addiction, mm-hmm. um, uh, abuse. I mean, the world is a broken place. Yeah. And as a church, we're not naive to that. And so therefore we know that if we're gonna reach people, um, it's gonna be filled with people who are broken people. Um, but we wanna be a place of healing, not just a place where we're like, you're broken, I'm broken, let's all be broken. But no, we have a, we have a savior who comes and restores us. And so, um, but then furthermore, I think even as Christians, um, to be a place of healing as well, because we go through times of suffering, through times of um, going wayward or um, just struggles and to be a place where we really can um, be honest about our struggles and find both grace and truth um, extended to us. Um, so um, it's okay to not be okay, yeah. um, but also it's not okay to want to stay not okay, right? And so uh, we want it to be a place for healing, that hospital image, a place for equipping, which we use the school image for that, a place where people can uh, learn and grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, right? In the knowledge of who God is, what his word teaches, how we're to live accordingly to it, the good news of the gospel being applied to our lives. um, That's helping us think through how we faithfully follow him. I mean, that involves just the saturation of scripture in our lives um, and practices of of prayer and worship. And so a place to really um, teach classes, um, do different um, conferences, workshops, things like that to equip people to live their lives outside of the facility. And then thirdly, uh, that airport image, right? So a place for sending uh, that as uh, our vision as GBC is not to grow tall, you know, but wide, right? To not grow this big GBC kingdom, but we talk about aiming to be a mid-sized church that multiplies ourselves by sending out foreign missionaries and church planters. So we see that there's so much need for gospel presence in the world. And uh, so we wanna fix our eyes on the harvest field and not just, um, on our own field, right? Um, kind of idea. So, uh, so yeah, the, the dream is to find a facility where we could better facilitate being a church that's a place for healing, equipping, and sending Amen. that hospital, school, and airport image. And um, that's what gets me excited about about ministry. Oh, so, yeah. Just, yeah. I know we've been talking about this a lot, but even hearing you right now talk about it gets me excited too, as we get our eyes off of ourselves and maybe some of those trepidations around this but to be excited about where we have clarity of what God is calling us to trust him in and to lean into and to be about those things and advancing the gospel in us and through us. That's yeah. It's worth the awkwardness of talking about a building, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right, man. Um, Okay. So this is all well and good. Then how do we get from here to there? Right? So like help us kind of think about maybe someone heard this at the member meeting, not at church, or they just, have missed when this has been shared already, kind of what are those help us get kind of more flesh on the bone or maybe what are some of those options? What could this look like? What are the criterias or filters that are helping us kind of have some specifics here? Yeah. Um, maybe you can yeah, help yeah. answer that a little bit, but I mean, I, I, if we're talking here about what are the options of what could be possible? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we've kind of listed it out in terms of desire, but we're open-handed about anything. So mm-hmm. I think our first desire as an elder team, um, and I think this fits our heart for revitalization and not wanting to, not having this posture aura about ourselves, this pomp of like, we're Gresham Bible and we're the true church and we're doing it the right way. Finally, you know, that's not really our DNA in any way. We're a part We're we really do. We're 
we want to be kingdom minded and you know we pray for other churches we love other churches want to serve with other churches so with that dna in mind um how beautiful would it be if there was an existing church in our city that had had seasons of great faithfulness and fruit yet had been on the decline for a long time and was struggling and maybe you say dying Mm-hmm. And um, if God were to partner us up with a, with a like-minded church where we could obtain an existing church building and um, revitalize that church um, under the name of Christian Bible and all that God's called us to be, mm-hmm. that would be our utmost prayer uh, that we'd want to see God do. And um, there probably are practical reasons for that, but I'd say in a, in a bigger way, just how beautiful would it be to do revitalization work, to carry on the legacy that God's done somewhere else. So that'd be first. Uh, second would be finding an existing structure in the city. Yeah. That could be any kind of bu- building from industrial to um, other options where you kind of, um, we, we purchase it and we renovate it for our purposes. Uh, third, um, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, um, would basically be maybe under that like, um, leasing a space, if that's a really good option for us, if we can get a secure lease long-term, mm-hmm. um, I think we would consider that. Um, I think third and really lower on the list uh, would be finding land, which there's not a lot in Gresham, yeah. but finding land, breaking ground, building, building from scratch. And I think the reason why that's lower in our interest is uh, partly because of the cost of that and the timing of that. That would just take a long time. Uh, but we want to be open to it at the end of the day. And then I think uh, below all that would be if it came to a point where we were able to really connect with another church and these other options just re- weren't really working. Mm-hmm. And it became evident that even though there was another church that's a like-minded church and a healthy church like us, that we were able to decide through God's discernment and prayer that we're better together than we are apart. And that church had an existing building uh, where we'd really do a true merge with them. Um, that would be on the list as well. Um, but again, I, I want to be really clear in communicating that that option of just a full-blown merge um, and the other option of breaking ground are, are definitely lower on our list. Um, but we're just trying to be open-handed. Yep. Yep. No, that's good. And then thinking about kind of what's fueling this too is the timeline of our arrangement with Mountain View, who yeah, praise good. God for Mountain View. They've been so hospitable. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah. And if like God, Tom and everyone's just oh, so, we've I, learned so much. Yes. And what it means to be leaders. And Oh yeah. yeah. And I think it models for us, if the Lord were to provide us a long-term facility someday to be as hospitable as them, they uh, are a huge blessing to us. But in terms of timeline, it's not like we can do church there forever. And so we need to think about this more long-term and, and what those potential options are and so forth. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about that, at the members meeting, you know, the idea yep. that like you, you kind of, uh, graduate from high school, maybe go to college, move back in with your parents while you have a full-time job and live your life, you know, that kind of image. And, and it, objectively there's nothing really wrong about living with your parents, right? So if anybody's listening to this, live with their parents, no one's being judged here, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that per se, but there is a sense where if you do reach the point in adulthood mm-hmm. where uh, you could move out or it's best for you to move out and start your own life and kind of, t- that, that, that there could be trepidation sometimes in a person um, who's not wanting to move out of their parents' house because they're like, well, I'm making good money. I'm living here for a lot cheaper 
And moving out would mean added responsibility, yeah. right? And so I'm caricaturing a person here, right? But at the same time, I think there's some sense in that where we could feel that way as a church, where we could look around, we're like, well, it's it's easier, right? I mean, anytime you uh, just rent, it's easier. If your refrigerator breaks, you just call your <laughs> landlord, right? And so there are practical practical things that make it easier. But I don't think we want to shy away from responsibility. Amen. Because added responsibility, uh, whoever's faithful in little, be faithful in much kind of thing, as GBC has been so faithful in what God's given us, um, we really do sense like that moving into greater responsibility is actually a really good and healthy thing. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful thing, because if God were to allow us to have greater responsibility, to be faithful with more, uh, that we have been able to experience and uh, see with our own eyes how great it would be to be a church that can now be a, a greater blessing to other churches and other ministries. Yes. To be able to go, uh, some other church that's being planted in our city, we're like, welcome, we need more churches here, faithful churches, we need a place to be, how about you, you can use our facility, right? I mean, to be open to those kinds of things and to be a blessing. Uh, so, I, so I just wanna be really clear about that, that added responsibility actually can come with it and should come with it really amazing and beautiful opportunity. Yeah, I think that's a really helpful way to think about it and to describe kind of our posture and intent in all of this. And again, holding it lightly, uh, as the Lord wills in all of this, he knows what's best for Gresham Bible Church. He loves Gresham Bible Church more than any of us do. And so he knows what's Mm -hmm. best, but yeah, to want that more responsibility, to want to be able to be a blessing in this city, uh, to have a physical place with some roots in, I I think could have a benefit of a faithful gospel presence um, in this place and in a culture that's continuing to go through upheaval. And we all know, you know, um, the times in which we live, uh, the gospel is not well received. And so to have a place here, uh, we're not talking flippantly. We know how hard this is. We know the challenges before us, but this stuff really matters, not Mm -hmm. just now, but where my mind is, is like, honestly, 50 years from now, this is going to matter. So yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, when we're old in our rockers. Yes. You know? Oh, man, that'll be awesome. Old in our rockers. I love should, that idea. We should get rockers now. That'd be we great. should. I'm in. We should be doing this podcast in rockers. Oh, I, I've told Carrie one of my <laughs> life goals is to be the old guy who meets with the same group of old guys every morning somewhere and who yeah. talks sports and gets the same meal every time. As It'd long as I'm one of the old guys, we're good. Done. Let's Can do we go this. Just like to go to, go to Polar King every morning <laughs> yes, or something. I'm so in. Yeah. I am in 100%. Yeah. All right. That's great. Um, so, I mean, there's so much that we could talk about in th- this whole conversation. So maybe let's just give a little more color in terms of, okay, this is all well and good, but what's the plan? How do we demonstrate progress in this as we trust the Lord in this? Yeah. We have those two areas of finance and team, right? Yep. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe you want to talk about the team because yeah. I know you've been really key in kind of spearheading that. Yeah. So uh, as the elders have been talking about this for a while and praying about it, it's become just clear mm. that for the good of Gresham Bible Church, we need a dedicated group of people to focus on this. There has been a building team in the past and those that are listening, thank you so much for everything you've done. And as we kind of move into this version 2.0 and just more focus, we needed to form a, a new team with specific kind of skill sets and backgrounds to help move the needle on this. And that helps the elders to be about shepherding, not just about a building. Mm-hmm. So with the elders' support and guidance, a facility search team is being formed. 
and has uh, been has been formed exactly yeah. and uh, I'm so thankful for everyone on the team who has said yes they're willing to help and I'll just read their names do as roll my, call here roll call ready yeah. I, do we have cool like background Who's music on your rod? yeah could we, could get, we do the like Chicago Bulls like oh, yeah. old uh I feel bad for people who don't like sports who listen to this podcast. Me too. Yeah, How like, about, yeah, the Chicago Bulls intro right now, yeah. Jordan. Peterson, Angela Stump, Stephen Tucker, Amy Campbell, The Michael Regelman, Joseph Rodman, Laura Haywood, Jason Bach, Mike Dahl, the Joshua Howeth. So Josh and I are on the team to make sure there's clear lines of communication, et cetera, with the elders. Uh, but that team is being empowered and charged with finding a long-term facility mm-hmm. for Gresham Bible Church. That's a huge ask. Each yeah. of these people have particular experiences um, in work, a uh, particular set of skills that are going to, uh, Lord willing, help Gresham Bible Church in this. So mm-hmm. uh, please be praying for each of those people and this team. This is mm-hmm. an exciting opportunity. We can't guarantee the outcome, but we want to be faithful in the process and be found um, diligent in in what we do here. So the facility search team is going to be a key piece of what this looks like over this next season for GBC mm-hmm. to find a home. Yeah, we've been working with outside resources as well, whether yep. it's having our own um, real estate agent um, that we've worked, begun to work with, who's yep. been amazing as a believer, mm-hmm. helped other churches in this area, and then um, other foundations, people who do, um, you know, who have their own accountants and tax people and um, funding agencies and that work specifically with churches. And so yep. it's just been amazing to see uh, other believers come around us and encourage us and really be able to affirm as we've talked to them, like, yeah, GBC, you guys are like the ideal church that's ready for this kind of move. Yeah. And one of um, those meetings, yeah. I'll just never forget it. We were meeting with this group that gives counsel to churches and we're very much in lockstep in terms of values yeah. and distinctives and ministry philosophy. And you just ask them, you're like, Hey, are we crazy? Should yeah. we, we even be doing this right? <laughs> and this, this people with no vested interest for them to give this answer said, yes, you guys are thinking about it clearly. We encourage you in this. So yeah. anyway, for whatever that's worth, uh, that's, that's right. an encouragement to me to hear. Yeah. That. Uh, you know, man, I honestly think a lot about that. There's a line Martin Luther said, he goes, I'm may not know the way God leads me, but well, do I know my guide? Mm, amen. And I'm just like, yeah, that's how I feel. You know, like, I don't know exactly where this is going to go. I mean, who can, if anybody does, we would yeah, we'd love be to hear really concerned you. about them, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, 
But at the same time, we go, no, this is clearly the direction we sense God's leading us. Mm -hmm. And we might not know where the destination is going to end up, but man, we know our guide. We know our God is faithful. We know he provides. And uh, what an amazing thing to cling to, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're not just stepping out of the nest hoping to fly. You know, but we have a God who's who's the image is more that he's walking with us. And uh, we get to kind of wake up every day and go, hey, you know, where are we going today, God? You know, and uh, just follow him. So. And, I, and I'm excited because I, every single person on that team, I have a, a deep sense and trust that they're that kind of person, mm-hmm. you know, that they really are people seeking to keep their eyes on God, follow him. They have the right priorities, the right balance and kind of navigating the need to work diligently and, and as we're being prayerful, but a, a sense of trust. And so I'm really thankful for every person on this team. I think, I think they're awesome. really um, providentially put on this team. Amen. Amen. Very thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. So Josh, could you talk with us a little bit or share about, okay, this is good, but just like in our personal life, you can think you want to move and maybe even find a good place, but we need resources and yeah. money. So what does that look like for us as a church family? Yeah. So if we can find a billionaire who, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, uh, really it is important to realize that we do have a existing building fund. Mm-hmm. And that fund is in the $60,000 range. Yep. Uh, it's been open for years with, you know, little attention given to it. And as we've, uh, you know, had these conversations with different people, it's been very clear that if we are going to be at, in any way able to take steps forward in purchasing a building, or if we even obtain an existing building uh, that will need to be renovated probably in um either renovated for our purposes or just, especially if, if we were to revitalize an existing church, yeah. those churches traditionally are going to be uh, pretty run down. Um, people not able to take care of the building that well. Mm-hmm. So there's just a need, whether it's through seed money to put down a down payment, seed money to move in with a lease and someone to take us seriously, uh, or money for renovation and upkeep. We need at least uh, initial money to start with. And so as we've been advised, it's really important that we could see that fund grow up to $250,000, which, I mean, $250,000, anybody who buys a home, we buy it for way, way, way less than that at this point, right? And so it feels like a lot of money. Uh, Collectively, as a church family, though, uh, we really think that this is very obtainable for us. And so our Mm -hmm. goal is to see the church raise $185,000 by next Easter, which can feel really daunting. But I think when we look around at how many members we have, um, uh, you know, I think we have 113 adult members, Mm -hmm. right? And then probably 133 kids in that. Mm -hmm. So about, you know, there's like 250 people that are just members. So we're not talking about just regular attenders. People have been checking out GBC for a long time, or they might even say, yeah, GBC is my home. They're just not members. Um, We think it's very feasible if everyone were to prayerfully go before God and go, yeah, I love GBC. I'm behind this. This is my church. I see this ministry as my ministry, and I believe in what we're trying to do here in this city long term. Then I would, we would just prayerfully ask every person to go before God and say, Lord, is how, what can I give? Because that's the thing is, um, uh, I, I'm, we're always struck at how generous GBC is as a church. Very generous church. Mm-hmm. I've been so discipled in the area of generosity since I've been here as a pastor. Um, it's been a mark on me by other people. And um, we realize that um, although we're a generous church, uh, what's 
kind of remarkable is our budget and our giving isn't really determined by like a couple people who give a lot. Yeah. It's, to, it's really created by everyone giving sacrificially what they have. And so um, the money of trying to raise $185,000, we are hoping and asking that people would give that above and beyond what they normally already give. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would require that everybody considers giving anywhere from one to $5,000 um, before next Easter. And that's just more that median sort of idea. You know, if someone's like, I could give $1,000, or maybe someone's like, I can give $10,000. Um, but really, it's, it's averaging out that if a lot of people could give close to $3,000, um, then we're going to easily meet that. Yep. And so um, we're not, intentionally, we're not doing a capital campaign here, uh, even though that might feel like that for some. But we're not asking for pledges, none of that. More so because we're trying to even maybe get the temperature of our church. We're trying to, as an elder team, assess, are we really ready for this? Mm-hmm. Because in a sobering way, if we can't raise $185,000, then we're really not fit for buying a building. Yep. Yep. And so this is a good test for us to go, um, yeah, do we believe in what we're doing as a church and what, wanting to be here long-term and and what can I give? And if all of us give sacrificially, um, uh, this will happen. Mm-hmm. And Honestly, as a pastor, I'm just, we've talked about this. I'm just excited to see what God does. Amen. And we have to keep that in mind. I have to keep that in mind. It's one thing to pray. God give us a building, but then we have to go and live, mm-hmm. right? And how does God do his work? It's through his people. Um, and so um, miracles can happen, but those miracles often are just through ordinary acts of sacrificial faith. Yes. I'm in love. And... Um, we have great gospel categories for living sacrificially. And we look at our Savior who died for us sacrificially, who gave his life for us. And knowing that we've been given all things and in our inheritance is in Christ that cannot be taken away from us, then that's why as Christians we live and we give away all of our um, kind of material stuff because we know, oh, I have an inheritance that's kept in heaven for me that can't be, yeah. it won't fade, that can't be robbed. Yeah. So. I'll try not to preach right now, but yeah, that's, no, that's the financial that's, side a little bit. That's so good. And if I could just kind of uh, think that through for me personally too, like I'm really excited for this and I don't say this lightly or flippantly. I'm excited to do this like for my family and I, yeah. to have conversations with some of my kids who are older. Here's what this means to be a Christian. Here's what the point of money is. How do we be involved in this like what's our plan i just want to encourage us as a church to have those kind of conversations mm-hmm. you're going to continue to hear updates about it as a church we're going to keep talking about this but like to lean in and to trust god in this new opportunity to see what god can do in this like i know that might sound cheesy or like just aspirational but i'm like really practically excited to see what the lord can do in us and through us like as each of us are involved and some can give less some can give more but just what does that look like? And then to trust the Lord with the results. This is a discerning season for us as a church. Are we ready for this or not? Only the Lord really knows. Mm-hmm. But then to have this kind of just see him at work, I, I'm just really excited about it. Like the story that could tell yeah. as much as it'd be cool. You know, if we had some at GBC that could just, uh, like Rashid Wallace, the old blazer used to say, CTC, cut the check. If the, the story that could be told, if all of us contributed to make this happen, man, that'd be beautiful. It'd be really mm-hmm. cool. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Wonderful. And then on that front too, as people think about what they can give and what the need is, um, 
like as you just said, there is a building fund already. So yeah. those above and beyond giving can just be directed to the building fund. And as the facility search team um, starts meeting and, and builds momentum that way, there'll be updates for us as a church. Hey, how are we trending on this? What does this look like? This is not a capital campaign at this point. Doesn't mean there might not be a need for that in the future. I don't wanna promise one way or the other, right? But this is an important um, chapter in the story of, okay, yeah. are we ready for this or not? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No. So you, people can go on the website under our mm-hmm. giving page and there's a, a drop box for giving to the building yep, fund. You got it. Or if people do write a check, they can just do in the memo line building mm-hmm. fund. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. important to practically yeah. Share, yeah. share that. What's, what's kind of the last and next steps for us? Yeah. So next steps right in front of us. I mean, we could talk for a lot, but to keep kind of the time frame short or our scope tight is we're just encouraging everybody to do four things. And I'll just expound on each of these things briefly. So pray, give, communicate, encourage, pray fervently for yourself, for those with family, for your church family in this, pray that we trust the Lord in this mm-hmm. season. Our hope's not in a building, our hope's in our great God, as you've just mm-hmm. said so well, Josh. So pray for one another that we don't get our eyes off the prize, that we do this with humility and faith and with joy. Like this is a discipleship opportunity for us as a church family sure. this season. So let's be praying for each other. So pray fervently on give. I would encourage us and myself to give joyfully and give sacrificially. So what are those areas in your life, those margins that maybe you can cut back to give? And again, I say that knowing times are really hard for some people right now. And times are also in a counterintuitive way, really good for some people right now financially. So where can you give joyfully and sacrificially? God loves a cheerful giver. That's in GBC's DNA. I praise God for that. And uh, that's what we want to um, continue to be as a church, uh, communicate. And what we mean is communicate regularly. So you're uh, us as a church are going to hear regular communication and updates, uh, from the elders and the facility search team. Um, we need all of us to be involved, each of us. So communicate, ask questions, share ideas, concerns. This is a new season, a new opportunity for us as a church family. Honestly, I'm probably thinking too much in my old corporate world. This is if you think about it through the lens, this is a project. Mm-hmm. Projects live and die on communication. So mm-hmm. we you know, need to be clear on our uh, expectations, our scope, our project plan, all of that. But you can predict whether something's going to live or die, so to speak, by how well the communication is. So we need to be a church family that is really good at communicating during mm-hmm. the season, communicating expectations or uh, if there was a misunderstanding, things mm-hmm. of that nature. So I am calling myself and all of us to communicate clearly and regularly. Well, that's really well said. One other aspect of the communication too, I think is, I mean, now that people know, I mean, uh, what we're looking for more clearly yeah. and the need, I mean, everyone has their own networks. And so maybe people do hear about an opportunity awesome with another church, a revitalization idea, mm-hmm. or, um, hey, I f- actually think this building could work. It, will it work? I mean, just communicating maybe even leads or ideas that people have. Um, yeah, I think we'd welcome it. You know? I love that. I mean, sometimes it might be a clear no or right away just mm-hmm. for some reason, but uh, communicate if you know anything. That's an awesome encouragement. Yes, well said. And then the last thing in terms of next steps for all of us is to encourage. And what we mean by that is encourage liberally. 
encourage one another with who our God is. And I don't mean this, I'm just going to say this, how my mind works. I don't mean this in a TBN kind of fundraising thing. I mean, like in a gospel centered for the glory of you God. You love TBN. I, don't lo- I love it. I'm wearing the t-shirt right now. No, I mean like God is sovereign. I think Mike is the most like, no one likes the prosperity gospel that no. I know. But I mean, at the same time, you're probably the guy who... Yeah. Sorry. Sometimes we need to play the Joel Osteen board game. It's (laughs) amazing. So so when I say encourage uh, liberally, I mean, encourage each other with the gospel. Who's in control? Uh, You know, Jesus is on the throne. The church wins. Matthew 16, like encourage each other with that stuff. So God's goodness and faithfulness isn't ultimately determined whether GBC gets a building or what that building is. God is good and he's in, he's sovereign. So I want us to encourage each other with those words and uh, I'm just going to read it aloud. Um, This isn't just something that's like the bumper sticker on the back of our uh, long-term facility truck. This is the fuel in the tank and it's uh, end of Ephesians three verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. And just want that to be our gaze, our posture, our hope is who our God is uh, and that he's for the church. Um, anyway, so. That's awesome. Yeah. That's Any closing thoughts, encouragements for us, Josh? Anything we missed? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I'd be curious if you get your kingdom someday. I don't know. Just <laughs> I'm joking. Yes. yes. All right. Well, uh, there'll be um, ongoing discussion, communication around this, but welcome. Any questions? ideas, feedback, concerns, any of it uh, from the podcast or things you've been hearing at the member meeting or at church about this. And you can do that by reaching out to me. And that's at Mike at GreshamBible.org. We love you, Gresham Bible Church. Excited for this next season and what we've announced as we trust the Lord together in it. So have a great week. Until next time.